Successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us on 980 AM. And if you're listening on iTunes, I appreciate it via podcast or at the website, GrillNationShow.com. Going to have a great show today. I hope you're having a great week. Uh, I want to thank our partners and supporters of the Grill Nation show before we get to our, our uh, contributing uh, guest today, guest co-host, and uh, the guest that he brought in. Title sponsors of the show are MoBank, BOK Financial, Trusts, and Two West Companies. Uh, contributors to the Grill Nation show include the KCADC, the Kansas City Area Development Council, Port KC, and Brian Sarf with True Wealth & Company. He is joining me today as a guest host. He's an on-air contributor to the Grill Nation show. Uh, Brian, welcome to the show. I want to uh, have you introduce our guest. Uh, it's going to be a fun show. We're going to learn a lot today, and I, th- I think it's a first for Grill Nation. We have our first uh, doctor on the show. There so. you go. <laughs> it's going to yeah, be a lot of fun. It. We're going to learn a lot today. I'm glad to be here. Great uh, to see love you. to to bring uh, interesting guests on that we can introduce to the listening audience and talk about uh, you know, topics that are certainly on your mind. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to talk about healthcare. We're going to talk about uh, concierge, being a concierge doctor, which is my doctor, Dr. Troy Burns. I've been with Dr. Burns since 2001 and watched his practice evolve quite wonderfully. He's been ahead of the curve for a long time here in town. You probably heard his commercials if you listen uh, to KMBZ. Um, but he has a fantastic practice called Pro Partners Healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're really on the forefront of direct primary care uh, service to individuals and to businesses. And uh, Dr. Burns has been a fixture here in Kansas City for a long time. And I just welcome you to the show, Dr. Burns. How are you today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Uh, interested to uh, to get your and excited to get your you know um, you know the services that you provide uh, you know the, how you run your business and um, and and the benefits that you bring to the table for individuals that are looking for you know for someone to provide uh, direct family care for them and for their family. Yeah, I mean our practice is really a primary care family practice uh it's it's the practice model and the way that it gets paid for that's really different that makes it uh frankly better in terms of access and, and quality of care I, what i love about it is I, we were just talking before the show aired you know um that I, I you know i had a sinus infection on a saturday and normally you'd have to go into one of the minute clinics or you have to or you have to tough it out till monday morning and then maybe you get in to see the doctor maybe you don't on monday but you know, I was able to send you a text on Saturday night about 10 o'clock. Sunday morning, I wake up at, you know, 6 a.m. There's a note, hey, your your uh, antibiotics and medicine's been called into CVS. If you don't feel good by Wednesday, come and see me in the office. And my wife would just, she said, that's ridiculous that you have that service from your doctor. And that's what I love about the, the, the model that you have. Yeah, I mean, direct primary care is exactly what it sounds like, right? You have direct access 24-7 to your personal physician, uh, and that certainly is not something that uh, is, is uh, happening uh, everywhere else in healthcare. You know, we we have, uh, we have always used to say that uh, we don't really have a health 
care crisis in the United States. We have a health insurance crisis, which I think is still true. Yes. Uh, but uh, at this point, we're starting to have a primary care pri- crisis in the sense that the access to your your primary physician who knows your history and, and knows what to do for you uh, is getting more and more difficult because the demands on those primary physicians are getting greater and greater. You know, they, if there, if there are any that are still left in private practice in a traditional insurance based model, uh, they have to see 25 patients plus per day just to keep the lights on. And uh, most of the time they end up saying this is too difficult and they sell to the hospitals and then they're employees of the hospital. And the hospitals, of course, tend to drive how busy they are. And then uh, you just don't have good access. You may wait mm-hmm. two or three weeks uh, for an appointment or you end up seeing, if you're lucky, one of the other physicians or one of the mid-level nurse practitioner uh, physician's assistant uh, providers or you end up at the urgent care clinic or somewhere else if you can get in so you either get well on your own or you you die i guess or you or, <laughs> or, you, or, fight it. or you you find yeah. some place yeah. else to to get into a doctor and that that's exactly why people choose us to be their physician because they're guaranteed 24 7 access same day appointments they can call text email directly to their personal physician anytime they want to so when when you made this transition, this was a this was a big decision for you. I remember you uh, wrestled with it for a while because you're one of the first in town to make the jump um, when you, you you first stopped taking health insurance uh, across the board, which is ridiculous, right? Here's a doctor that doesn't take health insurance, wow. uh, and that's a that is a a complete paradigm shift because you always think I have to have health insurance to see a doctor. Well, not true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the second part was how many of your clients would follow and stay with you when you made the transition. Mm-hmm. And so talk through that, talk through that. Uh, what did you see mm-hmm. that was avoided in the marketplace that you felt you could fill and then talk about the decision moving to uh, direct primary care? Yeah, I, I suppose the void is that there's a, there is a shortage of primary care providers and just, you know, that's the reason why they end up being such high volume, uh, you know, never have time for you. You know, you wait, three weeks for a, a, an appointment, you wait an hour in the waiting room for five minutes with the doctor and, and the, you know, feel rushed the whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's the, you know, it's the lack of satisfaction with care and with access that had really spurred the whole direct primary care industry. And frankly, um, you know, in the old days of medicine, right? Old Doc Brown, and you know, you'd, you'd pay him a chicken and he'd deliver your baby. You know, that's <laughs> you know, how it was. And and uh, in a lot of ways, direct primary care is a reiteration of that concept, where uh, it, by putting a third party uh, middleman of insurance companies in between the patient and the primary care physician. The estimates are that it adds an extra 30 to 40 cents on every dollar that's paid for primary care services goes into that relationship between the physician and the insurance company, right? The the physician practices have to have overhead in order to go chase the dollars from the insurance companies and get the insurance companies to pay. Yes. And the insurance companies have overhead to try to keep the doctors from getting paid in a timely manner and play the float to some degree. And then they, of course, want to make a profit mar- margin. And so if you carve out all of that expense, the cost of primary care services drops dramatically. And if, if, you, if you pay me directly and I take care of you, 
my the volume of patients I need to see and my overhead, overhead to, to go chase the insurance reimbursement, as well as the overhead required just because of the volume of care and the the way that things need to be documented in order to justify to the insurance that you get paid, all of that goes away. So let me say, let me, so you have a, you have a doctor who's less stressed, who has less, less pressure on overhead to meet numbers. They have to see fewer patients to, to break even, to make a profit, if you will, as a business. Um, and you get faster care and, um, and you're going to get phenomenal advice. And to me, it seems like that's a no brainer model that, that you would want to have for that, that primary care marketplace, because we all know what we complain about going to the doctor. And it's what you said earlier. I got to, I show up early. I wait 45 minutes late past my appointment. I get four minutes with the doctor and I get 10 minutes with a nurse practitioner and I'm out of there. Mm-hmm. And I can only deal with one issue at a time. And if I bring up a second issue, I got to set another appointment <laughs> to come right. back. That's I right. can't do another one. Yeah. But, oh, yeah we got, we're going to go to break here. Uh, I really appreciate uh, Dr. Troy Burns joining us and uh, Brian Sarr from True Wealth and Company. We'll be right back on the Grill Nation show. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM. And I appreciate you joining us as well on iTunes via podcast and on our website, grillnationshow.com, where you can find all of our partners and supporters as well as all of our shows and photos of each and one of our guests each and every week. We appreciate you going to the website at grillnationshow.com. We also appreciate you checking out Dr. Troy Burns at propartnershealthcare.com, uh, who's joining us today alongside Brian Sarf, who is with a True Wealth and Company, a great company here in Kansas City. Their website is retirewithtrue.com. Uh, Brian, uh, we want to focus on uh, doctors, a uh, background, experience, education, how he got to be a doctor in this segment. So I want to let you lead it off here. Um, so, Dr. Burns, what, who was it in your life or what, what happened in your life that, you know, that, that motivated you to, 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 to be a doctor in the medical field to really serve and take care of your patients? What was it that, that, uh, that, that gave you that push? That's a good question. I, I'm not sure I can isolate it down to one specific thing, but I, you know, I was, uh, as a, I was a good student and, uh, found it pretty easy to uh, memorize material and, and get the information <laughs> in my brain. And, uh, you know, probably the best decision I, I made as a, as a teenager was to listen to my father who said, uh, you know, studying jazz trombone and being a musician was probably not uh, a good way to uh, support your family and ensure that you'd be able to take care of yourself. So he said, go get an education and then do whatever you want. And so uh, I was one of those who, at the time, growing up in St. Louis, um, there was, uh, it was early on in the process of UMKC's six-year medical program. And so as a junior in high school, I was applying to medical school and uh, lo and behold, I got in. And so, uh, you know, then, then the, uh, the question, you go now what? yeah, yeah at, th- at that <laughs> so then point, St. Louis I'm coming to Kansas city. That's exactly right. <laughs> I've been here ever since. So that was, uh, 1980 that I, uh, I started medical school and, uh, uh, you know, once you're in medical school, you, you, you say, 
well, I guess I should just not flunk out. And uh, <laughs> so obviously I enjoyed the material and you, you do have to, as I always tell my son and mention to you guys, you know, you, you don't have to be that brilliant to be a physician. You just have to have an iron backside and sit there and study and study and study. And so you do have to have, uh, you have to be interested in the material and interested in helping people ultimately. But, uh, you know, being out in practice is frankly much more rewarding than, uh, than the education process, at least for me. My son's in medical school and he's much more of a student than I am. I think he's one of these competitive learners who has to know everything there is to know about a particular subject. Whereas I, as a, as a generalist, right, as a primary care physician, I want to know a little bit about everything mm-hmm. and be able to connect the dots for people and help. And, you know, frankly, the, the, the most enjoyable part of my job uh, and the part that's the most challenging is communicating with patients and educating them and uh, influencing their lifestyle choices. You know, that kind of thing is, is much more challenging and rewarding to me than just making a medical diagnosis, which, you know, I think is being pretty straight, straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, how many years does it take? Just a, a basic question here for your son to go through med school residency to actually become a doctor. Yeah, That's t- a question that I think a lot of people, because you mentioned the six-year program at UMKC, that yeah, was pretty right. pretty unique, I think, yes, back then. Yeah, when yes, it came ab- out, absolutely. Yeah. It, started in the, it started in the early 70s, mm-hmm. and, uh, and so I... I can't remember how many years they they built up from a very small class of 20 or 30 students to my year was the first year that they kind of maxed out at 100 students. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but it's unusual. There are only a couple of six year programs and it was a combined B.A.M.D. program. So we were we were going back and forth between medical classes and undergraduate type, you know, arts and sciences classes and went to school year round. And while all my uh, high school buddies were uh, were getting summer vacations. I was still studying, so that was kind of a non-traditional route. Mm-hmm. The traditional route is four years of undergraduate uh, in whatever you know, some kind of a bachelor's degree in something, and then four years of medical school followed by some amount of residency, which is usually a minimum of three years and goes as long as people want to continue to subspecialize in things. They can continue to take residencies and fellowships in all kinds of uh, specialty areas. Mm. And uh, what we're seeing these days is that uh, primary care is not a highly desirable specialty. And so uh, that's the real area of opportunity for what I do in direct primary care is to fill a gap that is only increasing at this point. Mm. What what does that gap look like over time uh, as we look forward into the future of the the shortage of medical professionals that we continue to hear about. Yeah, there's already a shortage of primary care physicians, and the estimates that I've read suggest that by 2025 that the shortage of primary care physicians, which is family practice, internal medicine, pediatrics, that those will be in the area uh, in the in the in the around 55,000 physicians a shortage That's of ridiculous. primary care. That's and ridiculous. so what that obviously means is it's going to be difficult to have a primary physician that you have access to when you need them. And it's much more likely that your primary care will be taken care of by mid-level providers, physicians, assistants, and uh, I mean, and nurse practitioners. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Brian. Well, as part of my, um, my business and in, in investing, I've always studied the boomers and I followed them forever. Now I'm beginning to study the millennials because their spending habits are starting to drive certain things in the economy right. and, and healthcare is on both ends. The millennials are having kiddos. Right. And, and then, you know, they're, they're a larger generation than the boomers. So they're probably going to have 
you know, the uh, the number of kids they're going to have is either going to replace themselves or maybe they're the next generation will be a little bit larger. Right. Uh, so there's a demand on the medical the medical system right there with all the kids and all of the, the preventative care and the, and, and the, the proactive care that all the moms want to have with their kids. And then you have the other end of the boomers that are their average age, about 62, 63. Right. Um, I know from, from a lot of the uh, clients I have that are, you know, in their late sixties, early seventies, they tend to start having a lot of knee replacements and hip replacements and back issues and cataracts and shoulder surgeries and all sorts of things that, are in their life and now they have Medicare and they can go use yeah. that. Um, you know, and the boomers as they, as they progress forward, we still have 60% of boomers that aren't on Medicare yet that are yeah. coming. And so that's really going to put a stress on the Medicare side. We've all seen all the buildings in town of all the quick clinics that are popping up right. that, you know, St. Luke's is putting them in town and HCA has got them in town and CVS and everybody else. And you, we still have a shortage with this demand as it comes through. And it's, it's, uh, it's amazing. Um, the evolution we're going to see in healthcare, I think over the next, you know, decade or two, and it's going to take all these people hitting the system right. for massive change to happen. Well, as all that demand increases, you have the baby boomer doctors are retiring mm-hmm. or calling it quits because it's more trouble than it's worth these days. And mine the just demand. retired recently. So. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, and of course the millennial, the med students uh, aren't being attracted to primary care for those same reasons. So is that is that because they just want to specialize, you know, in a certain thing like radiology or you name it? Uh, why do they make that decision? Because they, they, yeah. they think it's more lucrative. They yeah, just... cu- currently primary primary care physicians make significantly less money than all of the specialists do. Mm-hmm. And so, and they, they work harder and they work faster, I guess I would say, you know, as far as the number of hours, it may not be a whole lot different, but as far as this, the, you know, they are, they aren't seeing 25 or 30 patients a day in specialty care. They're, they're, they're not having to pump through them quite the same way. Mm. Makes sense. Maybe millennials don't work as hard, huh? It's the, (laughs) I guarantee you they do. Every generation, uh, every generation thinks the one behind them doesn't work as hard as they do. And then when you see what, what, what comes out of it and the amazing changes in evolution that we're having now, I mean, the, the robotics, I think, will have will continue to have a big impact in the healthcare field. Um, AI is going to have a huge impact. The, the, we're just beginning to see that. Plus all the stem cell research, plus all the, I mean, add up all the things that are out there um, in the marketplace. When they're able to grow organs in a lab, for God's sakes, and you know, if you need a new kidney, why here we'll get you a new filter. Uh, you know, it's like a quick oil change. You know, you pop in, get your new filter, and go. <laughs> um, and it really is going to be that ridiculous as yeah. we go forward that. The abilities are there now. It's in small quantities, very controlled instances, but it means that they're looking at it for, you know, mass use in the society that you can, you know, get that kind of help when you need it. And so those changes are, are coming mm-hmm. at a pretty good clip. Yeah. Doctor, you, Brian mentioned off air that you started kind of as a men's focused organization. Um, that was pretty unique at the time, very entrepreneurial. Tell us about that because I think that was kind of unique that you were really focused on male patients. Yeah, where I uh in 1988 I started with a practice uh that was focused on with a urologist and a clinical psychologist mm-hmm. helping men that had uh sexual dysfunction. Okay. Uh used to be called impotence. Now you hear all about these ED clinics <laughs> around and things like that. Well, they, we were uh, we were around doing that a long long time ago before uh, Viagra existed and uh, there were other uh, very effective treatments for these kinds of problems. And, uh, you know, what we, what I learned getting, going into men's health is, uh, you know, guys don't like to go to the doctor, right? Mm-hmm. Unless they, you know, they cut their, 
finger off in the lawnmower or they have a sexual problem, then they're going to come to the doctor. And, you know, I, I, back in the, you know, late eighties, early nineties, I'd ask, well, when's the last time you had a good checkup or it went, you know, had a physical exam and they'd say world war two, you know, or (laughs) Vietnam, I guess after a little bit, but, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, and so for me, the recognition was there's a real opportunity here. If we can bring them in the door for whatever reason, to talk some sense into them and do preventive screening and to talk about lifestyle and, 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 and give them access to a primary care physician that they trust that we can actually not just help their love life, but we can actually save their lives and make them live longer. And so that was for me pro partners when we initially started in 2001, when we met Brian um, was, uh, was very, was focused on primary care for men, mm-hmm. preventive health and executive health. Uh, and so we did a lot of these executive Mayo Clinic type uh, physicals and and did primary care for men. And, uh, and then, you know, over over those years, it was obvious that the insurance based model was was uh, was uh, not going to be effective, you know, viable for me and and for my patients. It was very frustrating that uh, if I, when I was seeing 25 patients a day that they couldn't get in. Very interesting stuff here today. Uh, Dr. Troy Burns with uh, ProPartnersHealthcare.com. Brian Sarf, a guest host and honor contributor to the Grill Nation show uh, from RetireWithTrue.com. You're listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll be right back. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show. Thanks for listening today on 980 AM and via podcast on iTunes or on the website, grillnationshow.com. I'm Jason Grill. I'm your host. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill. Uh, today we're joined by Brian Sarf, who's with True Wealth and Company, great company here in Kansas City. He joins me each and every month as a guest host and on-air contributor. The website for him is retirewithtrue.com. Check it out. He brings in a great guest each and every month, as I mentioned. And this month, we again have Dr. Troy Burns, who's a physician, uh, president, and medical director of Pro Partners Healthcare. Their website is very simple, propartnershealthcare.com. Fascinating conversation of, of his background and what's going on in direct primary care uh, these days. And Brian, I'm going to let you lead off. I know we want to start talking about how the doctor uh, and his business kind of interact with businesses around Kansas City and how they can help. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it, it's always a, a huge expense for a business owner is figuring out health care for their employees um, because people get sick, people get diagnosed with, with different conditions. You have, you have babies, you have wrecks, you have all these other things, plus the preventative care that go along with it. And, and so as a business, when you decide to self-insure, because you're you're tired of really the expensive, um, you know, plans that you have available through the healthcare system. Um, I, I've been interested to hear what uh, what you've been doing for those business owners that are self-insuring, that are a couple of years in, that are looking at all the they're looking at all their bills and saying, you know, there might be a, there has to be a better way than this because this is not as effective as I thought it was going to be. We tell people, you know, every business is in in the healthcare business, right? If you look at your expense you know, line items, it's behind payroll. It's usually the second, you know, second or third most expensive line item in the, in the budget is everything that is health care related, you know, health benefits. And, 
you know, not not just for self-insured companies, but the self-insured companies have have already made the jump to realizing that insurance is really expensive and that uh, having, you know, paying the, the third party that uh, that markup on things is, is sometimes not to the, in their best interest. And so they'll uh, the companies that have already made the jump to self-insurance, they get to see all their claims data so they know where their money's going, you know, what they're paying for. And um, and so we come in after, you know, a company has, has been self-insured for a couple of years and they're maybe not seeing the savings they were expecting to see. And what what uh, we let them know is that we can alter that trajectory by installing a unlimited access to direct primary care on the front end because what happens is we decrease the unnecessary, expensive overutilization of services, and you've for been the example, recipient yeah. of that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but for what are, what are the the services that are overused or you know that that you find that are, that are really pushing those costs yeah. um, out of the out of the comfort zone of the business owner? Well, you know, f- one example would be if someone can't get access to their primary care physician when they need to. Um, then they they are much more likely to end up in the emergency room or in urgent care clinics or at specialists because that's the way they they have to they have to do something and they have they they're frustrated uh, with not getting in to see the primary physician. So, for example, what happens if somebody cuts their finger? Well, they go to the emergency room and they write a check for fifteen hundred dollars for sewing up a simple laceration. Patients of ours. Uh, I sew you up and say, see you later. And you just saved, you know, a year or two's worth of membership fees in one day. And so all the rest then is gravy. Yeah. And I've been the beneficiary of that, of, of just being able to use the services in your office that I'm not having to pay out of pocket. I don't have a copay. I don't have any more money. I just mm-hmm. have to schedule time to come in and have it all taken care of. Yes. People overpay for visits with specialists because they can't get in to see primary care. They overpay for lab work because the rack rate, even after it's been adjusted by the third-party administrators and the insurance plans, is still three times as much as what we charge for lab work that we have negotiated prices. Um, X-rays, MRIs, CAT scans, those are things that negotiated cash prices are dramatically less than what an employer or mm-hmm. and or an employee have to have to pay for well i remember the first time i had to get my lab work done i have to had to pay for my blood work and and uh, i remember becky telling me you got to pay for that and i was wondering what's that going to cost me and i got the bill and i was expecting it to be you know 50 60 bucks and it was 16 dollars and 22 cents <laughs> or somewhere like that and i just thought that's ridiculous of what has i've always seen it charged at and what it actually costs because yes. i pay what you pay yeah in the short term the way that direct primary care um, decreases costs is by keeping people out of the emergency room and away from specialists and from overspending on things. And, you know, since I, since our physicians, you know, our practice gets paid a flat monthly fee for unlimited access to everything we do, essentially, we are aligned with the patient that there's absolutely no reason to overutilize unnecessary services, right? Mm-hmm. We don't get paid more. We, we make nothing mm-hmm. on lab work. We make nothing on x-rays that we send out and so uh there's no reason for you know we're we're no reason to order anything that isn't necessary and then the down the road the way that that uh people save money and employers save money is that we can influence um preventive care they're more you know 
being easily able to get in to see your primary physician means you're more likely to do preventive screenings when you should, so you're less likely to be diagnosed down the road with a metastatic cancer or or you know have significant heart disease because you didn't didn't get the screening done in a timely manner. And then uh, research has also shown that people who have a relationship with a primary physician are more likely to make those healthy lifestyle changes that actually decrease disease. I remember, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, my dad had to have open heart surgery. And, you know, the, when the doctor came in to talk to us, he said, you know, when I had to do the, the, the third bypass, it took me a while to find somewhere to sew it on because there's so much calcification in my dad's heart from all the years when he smoked being, a, you know, being at Vietnam and that. Um, and as a kid, and so I was worried that do I have that same condition? And so you sent me over to St. Luke's. I did the fifty dollar heart scan, mm-hmm. went through it all, and found found nothing really at this point in time. I have to be worried about, which is awesome. But I love what you said was this is just the first scan. We'll see in three or four years the second one if there's any progression. Mm-hmm. And then now we have you know now we have a stake in the sand, and we can kind of see where that progresses and and how you provide you know, that type of, of services, to, of, of removing those worries without having to spend thousands of dollars to go in and, and do a full, you know, full scan and a full checkup. Mm-hmm. So you guys are, uh, you're growing, right? And you're, you yeah. guys have some news and some uh, exciting things happening with your business and this model. Tell us about that. I know you're looking at new locations. Yeah, we're within a few weeks of having a second location. We're, our, our original location is uh, in Leewood. Mm-hmm. College and Row, and and uh, we are about to open a, a second location up by the airport at I twenty nine and Tiffany Springs Parkway. Great, and we'll be open. Uh, we'll be within at least by the first of April at the latest. Uh, Did you have some uh, business clients that that drove you that way? To, yeah, to yeah, we have a couple of clients that are up north. That uh, that was a that was a a reason that we chose that location. And um, uh, but our five year plan is to have five or six small offices all around town and. You know, as you might imagine, uh, I'll go in and talk to companies and they'll say, wow, this sounds like a great concept. You know, you'll be able to save us money, offer this premier, you know, access kind of concierge type service for our employees. They're they're all going to love it. So uh, we've got 400 employees all over town. Where are your locations? <laughs> and so uh, <laughs> you know, having, <laughs> having, you know, telling people that live in Platte City or in, you know, Lawrence or Independence <laughs> that they need to drive to college and row although some of our patients are farther away than that yes. some are in florida and they still use our service because we do so much over the phone or by email or text uh but uh certainly it would be uh you know uh, advantageous for our growth uh and convenience for our corporate clients to be able to have locations that they can get to quickly mm-hmm. that's awesome that's really cool and i think you guys have been a leader in this industry i mean i'm learning so much on the show even to the point where People have this direct primary care, but then maybe they have a, a insurance for catastrophic uh, injuries in case, you know, I do get hit by a car. Yes, we, we won't do your uh, <laughs> your bypass surgery in our little doctor's office. Uh, you know, the, the catastrophic stuff is, is still important. But uh, the nice thing about, you know, 90 percent of all need medical needs that someone will, will have in a given year can be handled by primary care physicians, mm-hmm. which means you can go with a catastrophic type plan or something that has a higher deductible, lower premiums, and you'll you'll as an individual or a family you can save as much as you pay us. I mean, we're our, we're we basically are the cost of a cell phone bill. You know, it's very cheap uh, to have unlimited access to your own private physician, and uh, and that's you know that's true for uh, employers. Uh, can change the structure of their insurance 
and basically this direct primary care front end pays for itself uh, right away. What, what I love about it for a business is that if you can have a high deductible plan um, for the catastrophic that you mentioned, Jason, and then you can have Dr. Burns serve as your direct primary care physician for you know the, the amount per month you pay based on your age mm-hmm. to have that unlimited care, um, then you're able to contribute to an HSA, the health savings account, um, and that's a phenomenal account to have money in because at age 65, you're able to use that for retirement if you don't spend it on health care. Um, so you have the budget, you put the money aside, it's sitting there. You know, it's the premiums you would have paid, if you will, to your health insurance, but you're not. You're putting it into your account that you hold on to. You get to run that through HSA Bank. Uh, we link that up with TD Ameritrade to HSA Bank, and we invest those dollars for our clients in the market. So they're growing. And they're 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 growing for them versus just sitting in a cash bank account making you know nothing uh, in one or two percent. Uh, we'll do that long term investment plan for them. Put that money in. If they ever need it for anything catastrophic, they can pull it out and use it. If they don't need it, then we'll just leave it where it is. And then at sixty five, they can use that money for retirement if they haven't spent it. Mm. Um, and it really gives them a lot of option and more control of your healthcare costs instead of just sending everything to the insurance company. Um, or to all the expensive medical bills you may have, it stays in your pocket. Very innovative, and it, it, we're learning a lot here on the show today. Uh, Dr. Choi Burns, uh, really appreciate you coming on the show today. Obviously, uh, Brian Sarf uh, with True Wealth and Company. We're talking about um, uh, direct primary care today on the Grill Nation show, propartnershealthcare.com. For more information, we have one segment left, guys. We'll be right back after the break with more of Dr. Troy Burns here on Grill Nation. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm Jason Grill, your host here at 980 AM, or if you're listening on podcasts via iTunes or on our website, grillnationshow.com, where you can find a list of all of our partners and supporters. I'm joined today by guest host and on-air contributor to the show. He joins me each and every month, Brian Sarf, who is the president of True Wealth and Company. The website is retirewithtrue.com. Uh, our guest today has been Dr. Troy Burns from Pro Partners Healthcare. Their website is propartnershealthcare.com. Um, Brian, we're going to talk about some more fascinating stuff on this segment. I've learned a lot on this show. I appreciate you bringing Dr. Troy Burns on. So I'm going to, I'm going to hand it over to you and we're going to talk more about uh, the great things that uh, Dr. Troy Burns does in his, uh, in his practice. So uh, it's been fun uh, visiting with you today, Dr. Burns, a, a different uh, setup for us, you know, than normally coming into your office. Much more pleasant, right? Isn't it more fun? Yeah. <laughs> a lot more fun to come and visit here and, and, and talk. I've, I've just been fascinated with the growth of your business, the growth of your practice, you know, the entrepreneurial uh, um, focus that you have in providing care, not only to men, but now it's to men, women, and children, to families uh, in town. And, uh, and I, I want to know what's next as you, as you look forward um, and you expand across Kansas City. What's next for you? What's the next piece on the innovation you know, horizon that you see coming? Well, you know, for, for, our, for our practice, uh, we feel like the model that we have provides great value to individuals any person or family that is looking for better access to care, better primary care with a relationship with a doctor that has time for them and knows them. Um, but it's all there's since the vast majority of people in this country get their insurance through their employer, 
we feel like there's a real opportunity to reach employers with this model and in and show them how providing a front end of a direct primary care better access to primary care is better for their employees and actually can save them money and so in order to do that we are planning to expand locations and to focus on presenting our case to employers mm-hmm. what are the, uh, the the major reasons that um, individuals or businesses choose to to work with you well, you know, we've talked about uh, off the air about the triple aim of healthcare. You know, in 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 general, uh, healthcare reform really focuses on and should focus on three things. You know, number one is imp- is actually improved patient experience or customer service, which we know is pretty lousy in healthcare a lot of times in terms of being able to access what you need when you need it, and so that uh, increase in access or patient satisfaction with care is huge and the direct primary care model you know provides that in spades and number two is improving actually improving the health of populations whether that's the workforce at a particular company or a population of diabetics or a population within a community and so um, the improved access actually does that as well uh, and then the third the third of the triple aim is actually decreasing cost. And we've already kind of talked a little bit about how we, how we do that. And we do it by decreasing that unnecessary overutilization of services by encouraging people in healthy lifestyle and encouraging them to get timely screening. That hit, you hit the nail on the head there. Preventative care, right? Absolutely. That's what we won't do because, man, I got to go to the doctor. I got to pay out of my pocket. You know, I got to mm-hmm. pay my premium. I got to pay my copay. Right. You know, maybe I'm sick. Maybe I'll just fight through it. All this those is- hindrances lead to procrastination. You know, one of the things I've you know said on the radio over the last 20 years in this town, I think, is, you know, what's the number one killer in the United States? Well, it's 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 not heart disease. It's procrastination. It's not doing, not getting preventive screenings. It's not making lifestyle changes and, and doing the kind of responsible thing from a health standpoint. Mm, that's been so overlooked in our society, no matter how you look at it. Preventative care, it needs more spending. It needs to be, but people need to think about it more as the generations go on. The businesses you work with, uh, what do you find they save when they engage uh, with you and, and bring you on board uh, for, for providing your direct primary care? You know, my our experience here, as well as the experience of other similar practices over, you know, over time that have implemented direct primary care with employers uh, they they'll see a decrease in overall healthcare costs for the company of twenty to thirty percent. That's pretty That's significant. Huge, yeah. That's a lot of money. Yeah, what size companies are you working with? Uh, entrepreneurs, startups, midsize, large corporations. Just so people know, we, we have a, a spattering of of companies that uh, that we work with, from you know just with just a handful of employees to larger companies. And the ones that we're really focusing on right now where we really can demonstrate the greatest value in the easiest way are companies who are small but self-insured. So mm-hmm. companies that are in the 50 to 400 employee range and uh, they're already looking at all of their bills of <laughs> of their claims data that gets sent through the insurance and we can show them how we can wipe, wipe away some of those expenses. And I think it's so important that, you know, 
you know, as you, as you mentioned earlier for, I mean, especially for guys, right? I mean, my wife is proactive in everything for her and for the, for our kids has been forever. And I always drug my foot along, you know, until I found your office and, uh, and have been more proactive over the years. I haven't listened to all your advice. Um, <laughs> Just I'm working like my on kids. I've I, learned, you, I can't convince anyone. All <laughs> I can do is tell them the information and, you know, it's up to them. I'm working on it. You know, it's, all, it's always working on that. But I just think it's such, um, it, just in our society, um, that going to the doctor and getting, getting that help has been, you know, it's been a paradigm that's hard for guys to kind of get through, to go make that first call. I have friends of mine that they haven't been to the doctor, and they're in their 50s now. They haven't been to the doctor since they were in their 20s as they got out of college. And they haven't been in for anything. Um, and they just deal with over-the-counter stuff. They refuse to go see a doctor. They don't get a physical. They won't get their blood screening done. They won't get anything done. And to me, that's just, I don't understand that, how you get in that, in that, in that, in that space. But I know there are a lot of guys that are that way. How do you get them to, to come in and sit down and actually take that first step? Yeah. Well, I mean, the relationship with the primary care physician really does help. And that's the reason why telemedicine services and urgent care clinics and things like that, uh, they're just ineffective because you, you have a, na- a faceless, nameless person on the other end of the telephone on, on you know, some of these teledoc things and, and they don't know your, the context. And, and then you're also, you know, you're, you're, somebody's paying for those services with someone that doesn't have the relationship, but it's the relationship that provides creates the accountability to some degree and someone who really is thinking about your preventive health when, when you aren't. Yeah. It, well, it's also being accountable. I think mm-hmm. holding your patients and that holding them mm-hmm. accountable and them holding themselves accountable to, you know, the goals they have and what they want to accomplish with themselves. I know I find right. that in, in money is, uh, is, mm-hmm. is hard sometimes mm-hmm. for accountability. Mm-hmm. I have to believe that it, it goes across in health as well. It sure does. We got about a minute left in the show. Um, Dr. Troy Burns, ProPartnersHealthcare.com. There's all kinds of information on your website. Um, uh, you know, with you know testimonials, how it works, FAQs, uh, really great information. Uh, you know that you can find out more about this this exciting new way that people are actually help doing dealing with their healthcare. Um, Brian, obviously with True Wealth and Company. Appreciate you being a contributor to the show and, and, and enlightening us with uh, Dr. Troy Burns today. I, uh, I've learned a lot. Uh, hopefully the listeners have as well. And I think, uh, I think hopefully the healthcare industry will get more innovative as we move forward. And congratulations to you on expansion. And I grew up in the Northland, so I know that there's a lot of growth up there. And there's a lot of people that would love to have, love to have your services and not have to drive to Leewood. So congratulations on that. Well, thank you. Brian, thanks for coming in today. And thanks for all you do for the show. You're welcome. Uh, RetireWithTrue.com. If you, uh, That's us. you need to, uh, what is, what's your slogan again, Brian? We help successful people make work optional. That's the, that's the, that's the ticket. I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for coming on the show today, guys. You've been listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll see you again next week. Take care.